Hey everyone, Alex here, bringing you another episode of Standing Under the Word. This week I get to bring you a sermon that I preached on a scripture from the book of Sirach. And if you haven't heard of that book, no worries, I talk a bit about it in my sermon. You'll be filled in as much as you need to be. But this particular scripture, uh, as I say in the sermon, is actually um, almost verbatim from a section of Deuteronomy, um, talking about how God sets before us life and death. And I just love that image, not in a literal sense, but in what it might mean figuratively for our lives. Here is that scripture from Sirach. Good morning. The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Sirach. It's chapter 15, verses 15 to 20. It was the Lord who created humankind in the beginning, and he left them in the power of their own free choice. If you choose, you can keep the commandments, and to act faithfully is a matter of your own choice. He has placed before you fire and water. Stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. Before each person are life and death, and whichever one chooses will be given. The word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? God, I give you thanks this day that you indeed set before us choices. Choices are hard, oh God, each and every day we confront them, some harder, some easier than others, but we confront them with you together. Help us, oh God, choose ones that bring life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be a blessing unto you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Every now and then when I'm driving around, and you might sometimes experience or think the same thing, I'll drive around and I'll see a license plate or a bumper sticker and it'll have a simple phrase on it. It'll say, choose life. Now, before you panic or worry, I know why they say that, right? It's wading into the cultural debate about pro-life and pro-choice, and, and don't worry, my sermon's not about that today. But every time I see that phrase, I get a little disappointed because I think, man, I would like to use it more if it wasn't so tied to this debate. Choose life. Because if I had to have a personal motto, that would be right up at the top of my list. Choose life. Maybe it would be near the top of yours, too. I think, in fact, if there was a motto of this scripture we just read, that might be the motto of this scripture. Choose life. It comes from the book of Sirach, which we've preached on. I say we because Dana preached on it once before. Not because she chose to, but because I chose to and then got sick, so she had to preach my sermon. <laughs> if you've never heard of the book of Sirach before, that's okay. A lot of people haven't. 
It's a part of the Bible called the Apocrypha, which I could say a lot more about, but really all you need to know is these collection of books that are relatively part of the Old Testament, but they're contested in terms of whether they belong there or not. So if you have a study Bible, you'll have these collection of books in there. I don't think they're in your pew Bibles. Um, but um, there's some debate among Christians whether they belong there, whether we should be reading from them or not. So in your mind, if you're thinking, well, why are we reading from it? Well, all you need to know is that this is actually a passage that echoes almost word for word verses from Deuteronomy 30, where God implores the people to choose life over death. Choose life over death. And in fact, it's made its way into the UCC Statement of Faith. You may not know we have one of those. But in it, we declare that God sets before people the ways of life and death. Almost a verbatim echoing of Deuteronomy of this passage from Sirach. God sets before people the ways of life and death. Now, in a very literal reading of that, that's true. We're all born, and we will all die. That's a fact. But if we peel back the layer for just a moment, you might begin to echo the words of Jesus talking about eternal life, that there is life and death after this bodily life comes to an end, and we talk about that a lot as Christian people. But the more I sit with that phrase and have in my life, I think there becomes a third layer that you can peel off and begin to explore, which is the ways in which we are called to choose life or death every day of our lives, in almost every moment of our lives, to choose things, experiences, attitudes, postures, responses, that are life-giving as opposed to death-dealing. And I don't mean literally war. We all know the commandment, thou shall not kill, and for 99.9% .9 of us, that is a very easy commandment to follow. I mean more so the little things that are death-dealing in small ways, the ways we talk about ourselves, the ways other people talk about us, the way we choose to see the world, to describe the world, all these little pieces that slowly, over a course of a lifetime, become death by a thousand cuts. That is one choice. Or we choose life instead. Things that bring more hope, more peace, more love, more kindness into this world. Not always, and most often not, in grand, big scales, but more often than not, in small, every day, but over the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, a lifetime, matter so, so, so much. So, how do we know the difference? Sometimes it's really obvious, and sometimes it's not. I think in verse 16, we get a clue, though. God says, I place before you 
fire and water. Fire and water. What great imagery to describe life and death. Think about fire for a minute. How one small spark, one small flame can give birth to something much larger and much more destructive. Think about the ways that as fire grows bigger, it just gets hungrier, right? It's never satiated. It craves more and more. And everything that comes in its path is reduced down to these common carbon denominators. Everything that made it unique and beautiful and individual is stripped away by fire. And everything that is touched is left with a mark of having been touched or destroyed by it. Think about water. Water is that which satiates us when we're thirsty physically or spiritually or emotionally. It's that which the earth requires for growth. Even when we can't see it happening underground, it needs it. And we can pour out more and more and more of it. And it doesn't destroy, but it creates instead. Choose life, not death. Water, not fire. Now, in one sense, I, I know you know that. I know we all know that. That's what we teach our children from the youngest of ages. To do kindness. It's one of the very first things we teach. But why is it so dang hard, y'all? Why is it so hard each and every day, even though we know what to do? It's hard, isn't it? Amen? I had an experience this week in which um, I received a text message from a good friend of mine. Um, and in that text message were pictures, pictures of a conversation other people were having that he was a part of. They forgot he was a part of it. And y'all can guess what they were doing in that conversation. Not saying very nice things about me. And like a good friend, the first thing he did was took a picture and sent it right to me. Everyone needs friends like that in your life, right? So of course, the first thing I want to do is grab the can of gasoline, grab the matches, and play through every scenario how I'm going to burn this whole house down, because I got the receipts, y'all. <laughs> so I called up another friend, and we played through that for a minute. He let me sort of entertain all these ideas of how I was going to light that fire and just watch it burn and how good that was going to feel. And I wanted to, y'all. I'm not ashamed of that. I wanted to. And then after I'd played through that, we stopped. And he said, yeah, but do you really want to do that? And I said, no, I don't think I do. I just needed to talk about it for a minute. And so instead, you don't need all the details, but I chose to do something kind instead, that this person wouldn't know why I did it, but I chose to reach out in kindness instead. And almost instantly, 
I felt something different inside that was satiating, but in a totally different way. And that feeling wasn't new to me. It wasn't like this just dawned on me this week. But I'll be honest with you in that even though I know what that feeling is going to feel like, I forget sometimes because that first feeling of like striking that match sometimes is a little closer to the surface than what it would feel like to drink from that water of life and of love. It takes a little longer to really get into your system than that heat of a fire instead. I know that's just an example of in my life, and it's a small one, but to be honest, isn't it usually just those small things like that are the ones that add up over time? Yeah, there are these big stories in which people go through immeasurable trauma and come out and choose life, and that is so important, and I know we know them, but I think what's more relatable is just these day-to-day -day things that just chip at us, that chip right away, and we have to be able to rise above and choose life, choose things that will grow something beautiful in its place as opposed to setting fire to all of it instead. I realized too, reflecting on that moment, that I probably wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't have someone else, right? If I didn't have a partner in this journey, someone whom I could call up and play through all the thoughts of what I wanted to do, but ultimately be reminded of what I should do. That's why Dana and I like to talk about how you can believe in God by yourself, but you can't be a Christian by yourself. That's why I think one of the reasons we come together on Sunday and many of the days in between, because in some part of us, we all know that if we are going to be people who choose life, we need partners with us who can remind us when we don't want to that that's really what we should be doing. Amen? I'm grateful that each of you are my partners in that, that we are partners for each other in choosing life when the world around us makes it so easy to choose things that are death-dealing over and over and over, and for the consequences not to be felt, at least immediately. So my hope for each of us this week is that as we go from here and we go back into this world, that we won't be perfect because you won't be, I won't be. But God tells us that when we are weak, God is strong, so we know that's not the problem. No, I hope instead that we'll become a little more aware of these moments when we want to light that match. We might reach out to someone in our family, a friend, someone here. We might be a little more aware of the emotions rising up inside of us and choose to pour out water instead. Every day growing a little better, a little stronger in choosing life and even more forgiving of ourselves when we struggle to do so. Won't the church say amen? Amen. amen.